T-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, the kickback. We live in effect with Reek Reek, Bree Bree, and your boy E-B. Let's have fun. Good, beautiful people all over the globe. Literally, we're all over the globe and we just keep growing and growing in different parts of the world. And myself, Sabrina, and Sharika are excited that you guys are joining in with us. Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? I'm feeling great. Definitely at 85. I don't know if that's cool or warm to you. Some Florida people act like that's cool, but it's a nice temp. It's been pretty good. Happy to have my brother E.B. back on the pod this week. You know, I ain't got no complaints today. Still with my uh, fall vibe, so I'll say maybe like a 60, which is the chillier side. But after the political forums and just seeing all the headlines, I'm feeling kind of cold, but not sad in a way. Like, I feel like I need to have that warm blanket around myself in the way of continued education and being really intentional about seeking out factual information and all those kind of things. I'm around an 82, so definitely on the warm side, but my 82 is a little bit cloudy just because this past week and this upcoming week that we haven't even started yet is going to be slightly a little more busier than it has been for me. Just some stuff coming up. It's like the clouds are just hovering over not necessarily raining. The sun is there still. So we're still in the 80s, but definitely feeling good and feeling great. That is good to hear. It is some different times lately, to say the least. And this election season is just getting more and more. It's, I want to say crazy, but we'll just go with exciting. I mean, geez, Louise, from COVID to all the things, I just can't keep up. Today, guys, I want to tell you about a guy. He is a first generation Nigerian American. He is from Houston. He gets our kickback invite today. His name is Toby and I'm going to try my best. Hopefully I don't butcher his last name. I've listened to a lot of different interviews and he'd be correcting people. So I don't want to come incorrect today, but I'm just going to go with Wigwe. This name might be familiar to some people. He has really been killing it in the rap game especially over this past few months in this pandemic. He's been doing rap for a while. He started out as a football player and did well with that recently, has really been making a name for himself with his pandemic experience music. And you might be like, well, what music have I heard? And who is this? Have you heard Try Jesus, Don't Try Me? Because I got hands. Listen. That's Toby for you right there. His goal is make purposeful music and purpose popular. So he's been doing a lot of songs over the past few months, you know, Arrest the Killers of Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain. His Instagram has just been blowing up. And the reason why he gets invite today is not just his talents and his skills, but the fact that his goal is to make purpose popular, to use his platform to be able to bring awareness, to bring joy and excitement in his music. His music is purposeful, but then he also has that hype music that just gets you into the party situation. So I've been really interested in Toby over these past few months. He just did an online concert where he's basically was able to do his music, had a full background set and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, he's just doing all the things. So I had to shout my friend out in my head, not in real life, because I don't know this dude, but he seems very, very cool. His wife, Ivory, also goes by Fat, and his cousin, Nell, they've been killing it over these past few months. So if you have not heard of Toby, go check him out. I'll spell his last name for you. N-W-I-G-W-E, Toby, go check him out. His music is worth the listen. He has like the videos and it's, they have like really great hairstyles and neutral clothes on. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's yes, Toby. I've seen him. It tripped me out because they all look so official and I didn't know where we were going, but I do appreciate <laughs> that it's like these really purposeful or even like comedic ways to look at things like the whole try Jesus, don't try me. I saw him with yeah. the little girl and that was the one that made me laugh. I wish I knew which one mm -hmm. I'm referring to, but yeah, it is their approach is great and it's so artistic and cool and not just like the same old same old thing that we always see all these trends he's doing his own thing making it creative and interesting and sabrina i don't find it comedic i find it factual and actual try jesus don't try me because i got hands and i will lay them on you if you get out of line 
not me, but the me that used to be. So today, guys, I just thought it would be fun to have a little conversation. Just kick it back in your mind and talk about what it used to be like. How was high school? You know, it's almost homecoming time and things ain't what they used to be like what we experienced because we're in this pandemic. Kids don't get to get the cute. I don't know if they're doing these homecoming dances. Evie, you got nieces and nephews. Are they out there doing anything? As of right now, I have not heard them canceling anything. Football games are in full effect on Friday nights and people are there. Like I'm talking about up on top of each other. Some wear masks, some not. Things are back in session. Wow. You think they're going to have these homecoming dances and stuff? But how are you going to keep the kids socially distanced at a dance? I would be shocked if they don't. Really? I'm saying that on behalf of them encouraging, at least in the state of Florida, to force kids to go back to school. Like, of course, some kids have the privilege to do hybrid or to stay home. But they, you think they're going to really be dancing? They play football. What's oh, the wow. You letting them touch and tackle each other. My oh, mother, they touch and dance with each other. I don't know why I'm getting anxiety. I don't even have kids. So I don't know why I'm getting anxious. But the idea is sending a chill. I can't even imagine. I want to ask y'all, how was y'all's high school experience? Were you in clubs? Did you like high school? Did you hate it? Were you popular? Were you not? What are the things? I'm trying to think that I had such a great high school experience. And I don't like to say that I was popular because I was from such a small town. So I'm trying to think, define popular. Was I on a varsity cheerleading team since ninth grade? Yes. Was I also in soccer? All the whole four years? Yes. Did I also do marching band and I was section leader? Yes. Was I also in the musicals? Always had a lead role? Yes. But I say all those things because I didn't have a choice. Like my mom was like, you will not come home after school. So you better figure it out. In the mornings, I was in first priority. It was like a group of us that would come together and pray in the morning. So like probably from middle school, oh, even in elementary school, my mom was just like, you're going to find the things to do because we're from the hood and you're not going to be running these streets. That being said, the amount of times I was left and forgotten about after school. And I was a kid where the teachers would be like, can you call your mom again? And my stomach would just sink because I knew she would be late. And it was always I'm on the way. And my parents would not forget about me. And I didn't have a cell phone. But to get back to what you said, yeah, I had a good high school experience. I was I was friends with everybody, like every crowd. I've always kind of been that way. I wasn't just with the this or the that. I've just kind of mm-hmm. floated around with everyone. I'm trying to think, what was my senior superlative? I think it was most talented. And then the picture of me in the yearbook is like me with my instrument. Euphonium, you guys, that's what I play for the listeners. It's like a baby tuba or like a baritone with the extra valve. But it was me with my instrument and my cheerleading pom-pom. But I mean, gosh, there were like, I think 200 people in my graduating class. Everybody was popular. <laughs> we, we, all, we all knew each other. It was just, you know, most of us had grown up together from kindergarten. Like we knew you, we knew your mom, we knew the rumors. We knew this kid, your dad did drunk. It was just, sorry. They're the richest people in town. It felt like a sitcom. You talk about going to clubs. Now that was definitely not me because my mom was not on that. So Not, I, can, I wasn't I talking about dance clubs. I was talking about clubs, clubs, oh, like, oh, like, like the clubs you were in part of. FCA fellowship or Christian. Not dance clubs. I was also on the um, dance team. So both seasons, football season, I would cheer on the sidelines. And then during halftime, I would run and get my horn and march with them. And basketball season, I would wow. in the stands. And then right before halftime, I would go put my dance team costume on and do that. So I was always kind of doing, I know, and one of my friend's mom, I will never forget this, after a game one time, she was like, well, Sabrina, you just have to learn in life, you can't do everything, and I wish I could meet her today, because guess what, in my job, I still get to do everything, I get to play my horn, and I get to dance, and I get to act, that being said, now that I'm Adele, I don't want to do everything, and most of the time, <laughs> when they're asking me to do a lot, I'm like, no, I don't that, but yeah, I was, I, I did all the things beta club. I'm trying to think of something. It would be easier for me to think of something I wasn't in. That wasn't because I was so special and awesome. It was literally because I had no choice. And my mom was a teacher. She was only a teacher in my same school for like two years. And um, in high school, she wasn't there, but just her spirit, her energy was all around me and everyone knew. <laughs> so I didn't have a choice. I didn't get in any fights. There were fights at my school, but I was always running the opposite way. So when people were running to the fight, I was running away from the fight. 
I'm trying to think of what else. I was picked on a little bit, but I feel like it's different from today when we're like, you know, anti-bullying, who wasn't picked on? The thing for me was my high-pitched voice, and it was, you talk like a white girl, which was really stupid, but I got that mainly from Black people. It wasn't the white, (laughs) they were just like, for me, when people say that, it shows me like how ignorant they are and how -hmm. little they think of Black people, because every time I'd ask why, it was you know, this, you're not stereotypical, or I didn't have that vernacular. And people who know me know I can slip into that, but it just wasn't the time or the place. We're sitting in honors English right now. So why am I going to be talking crazy? Uh, I'm trying to think anything crazy I did. I ran into a glass door and half of my front teeth chipped off and I swallowed it. And I didn't know my best friend, Sarah was like, she just looked at me and she was like, the game, the game. And I was like, what about the game? Because, you know, we cheered. And she's like, the game, the game. And I was like, what? She said, your smile. And I ran to the bathroom and I looked. Only three people in the world saw that. Sarah, my mom, and the dentist. Because I called my mom, emergency, she picked me up. But this is how great the dentist office was. I was back in school in time for the game and I had half the tooth. Like, they just gave me a paper. I still have it today. I have a little bracelet on it. (laughs) Half of my tooth isn't mine. I've always been kind of clumsy. Please don't look up any of the musical videos because just because I had great roles doesn't mean I was that great. I look back now and know I'm not a soloist. I definitely need to be in the choir, but I'll sing in the songs in the shows. Um, yeah, that, that was probably a little TMI. Did I miss any of Oh, I was going to say one thing about a party situation. There was one party, my parents took me, and I had a younger brother which kind of made high school interesting. He's two grades below me. So like when I was a senior, he would have been a sophomore. He was with a very specific crowd and he didn't even claim me as his sister. He claimed one of my friends as his sister. My little brother is high yellow and I have a friend who was high yellow at the time. And he was like, that's my sister, not that other one, not the little chocolate one. And I was like, really? So we got dropped off at a party and both of us decided like within five minutes, we didn't want to be there. So we called our parents and we were like, can you pick us up? So I think that's pretty cool experience. Like when I had the chance to act a hot mess, I usually just was like, nah, they're not even having fun because people are sitting around drinking or smoking pot and that's all they're doing. Like they're not lit. I'm more lit just off of life. And I have great breath in my lungs. You know, like I can still do all the things. So I'm like, there is no need for that. So I wasn't really a partier. I didn't really care about prom, but I think I went to, I went to one prom. It was junior or senior and I had an okay time, but yeah. But I was going to say that lady tried you because you can't do all the things, but actually you are doing all the things. So ma'am, have several seats. Yeah, I had a whole friend. I'm going to say friends with quotation marks. Uh, a friend group that I kind of had grown up with from fourth grade that I was trying to disassociate myself from because they were just, you know how you see mean girls and stuff on TV or not even Mm -hmm. mean girls, frenemies. So they Mm -hmm. were just one subset of, like I told you, I hung out with all the groups, you know, not all the groups hung out with each other, but I was in all the groups and they were just like, oh, how come you don't get a perm? People used to yell at me, get a perm when I was cheering. I'm not kidding. My mom wasn't about the creamy crack life. And I would have two puffs or one of my natural hair. And they were just the friends. And I'm talking about some African-American friends that I had that all had perms and are really light skin and da 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 And they just were mean to me. But now that I'm an adult, they've been trying to be friends with me. And I'm like, I remember like (laughs) and I saw one actually recently and it was such an awkward experience because she was like in high school like you told me that you don't want to be friends with me anymore and you said that we were just frenemies and you wanted an authentic relationship and you didn't care to be friends with us and that whole little crew and that crew was the crew that my brother was claiming people as his sister but not me and I honestly couldn't remember saying that but I didn't deny it because it sounded about right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like something I would do today. I can't imagine me doing that in high school because I just didn't care enough to. I think at a young age, I could just see situations and people for who they were. And I never mm-hmm. cared about my image or being cool with the, like being in the cool crowd or whatever. I just didn't care. Like I was, somebody was talking about name brand shoes. Maybe it was us at lunch the other day. And my mom wasn't on that either. Like I had the cookies from Walmart and I was just so used to being teased by that, but also seeing that it didn't matter. Like 
I was mm. in the library. I was on the, the book club and I just had a really rich and fun life. And I was like, I don't care that I don't have Nikes, you know, like mm. it, it's not impacting my actual health or well-being. So I actually really appreciate my parents for raising me in a way. And there's nothing wrong with liking nice things, but letting me understand how fulfilling life can be without that. Because now I don't need that in my life, you know? I feel so awkward talking about myself. So I, I'm like, oh, I hate you for this question. <laughs> it's been um, enjoyable. I've been learning a lot. And the most talented, just it, you're still the most talented. So oh, I would not say listen, that. All the things. <laughs> I wish we were doing the video episode so I could like have pictures because I think pictures can tell a lot and then I wouldn't feel like I'm talking about myself. Oh, listen, we can always go um, back to this. I yeah we should come back to it one day and each of us invite one friend from high school because like my my best friend AJ and Sarah I'm still friends with them and I recently was in North Carolina and AJ hosted my husband and I and AJ was telling him all about me in high school and it was so funny because sometimes you think you're one way but then Mm -hmm. you're another way so we should definitely run this back sometime and invite a friend from high school and uh, talk about that. Okay, I'll say one more funny story from high school. And it's about me and AJ. We were in show choir together. And you would have to like sing songs in class, solos or duet for a grade. So we decided to do a duet in French to a whole new world. You guys, it was wow. the hottest of mess. I brought in a little <laughs> carpet that we laid on the floor. We both sat in it. Like he sat behind me. I sat in front of him. Here's the problem when you're trying to sing in a different language and you don't like we know we oh didn't gosh. outsider said very blur and EB who speaks who's probably telling my accents are wrong. We didn't even know what was next. At one point, AJ just decided, I'm done. I don't have the grade. I got all 100s. So he just dropped out. So I'm trying to sing Jasmine and uh aladdin is that his <laughs> name it was so aladdin bad it was that so bad and i still my stomach drops when i think about that moment in <laughs> fire when we're singing and it's just me like surrender <laughs> and I'm just like we're like moving like this imagine that for three minutes three minutes <laughs> So that's all I have to say about high school. I'll let my friends speak for my behalf at a later episode. Oh, you're wow. up. It was definitely the carpet for me on that one. Yeah, I don't know if it was the carpet or if it was the French, but it was one of them. Might have been both. <laughs> that would be one of those clips that, yeah, we, we can bring that up. We need that. I need that in my life. But I would say high school experience, part of me, selfishly, I would say no, I wasn't popular, but others might beg to differ. That's of course, play sports in high school knew a decent amount of people used to hide in hallways because you just try to avoid certain people it's just like i don't want to see y'all i don't want to talk to y'all like y'all be in everybody's face and then like our high school was like sabrina said her graduation class had 200 i think ours was around five or six hundred um, for our graduating class but we're talking about two to three thousand students wow. in our hometown a lot of people love being around our school because we had and they still do actually the best women's basketball team or girls basketball team in the state like they're just always in the state championship every year typically the state women's or state girls basketball player of the year comes from my high school which is winter haven high school just so for those of you who are interested or you wanted to know what high school is she talking about so you can google winter haven high school girls basketball but the girls basketball team was a beast so a lot of people was just used to gravitate to high school. Some of them transferred to just be by the basketball girls. Though many of them had no chance because the girls, they had other interests. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but my popularity mostly came from, I would say probably my older siblings. I'm the last of 13. So my older brothers had way more clout um, and some of them still do to this day than I do. Like I would go into classrooms, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, or senior year. And a teacher would be like, oh, another Brafil? I hope you're nothing like your brother. And I was like, what you trying to say? Because of course my brother's not coming home and saying all the trouble that they got into. So I'm thinking my brothers are, are good people. Like it's good people on both sides. As some people <laughs> <would say. laughs> So it, it was those type of moments, but I made good grades, play sports, try to be involved in every club you could think of. FCA, FBLA, French club, Spanish club. Don't even speak Spanish, but I was just part of it. Part of the basketball team. Like I mentioned, hung around the football guys because some of them was either family or homies that I grew up with. Kicked it with the girls team because sports people typically hang out with each other. 
And then some of my family members, or I would say close friends for others, they did other extracurricular activities on campus and that made them cool. Some of them were illegal activities and I just happened to be around them because this is my blood. And people just thought I engaged in those same activities. And I was just like, no, I don't. I'm just around my cousin because that's my cousin. Also, I won't go too much into everything, but one of the things that was interesting about our school that made some people, I don't necessarily say become cool, but you started to notice people a little more. My senior year, we didn't have a cafeteria. Our cafeteria was being broken down and well, it got demolished the summer of our going into our senior year. And we were told that we would have a brand new cafeteria by December. When December came, guess what? Cafeteria wasn't done. You know when it got done? It got done the next summer. So you know what we did for lunch for a whole school year? And this is going to be something that's going to be interesting when we come back to this at a later date, probably sometime next year when we have one of the guests, because I'm going to love their perspective on this same situation. But we just had cold cut sandwiches every day. We had those, you know, the purple bag of jammers, peanut butter jelly, had those uh, every day. Not the jammers. You know, <laughs> not the jammers. <laughs> you know, the um, the little rip off, you, you, you got to bite the corner of the orange patches. Uh, orange yeah. apple juice. We had those every day. Didn't even have strawberry milk. They looked at you and said, white or chocolate? And this is all outdoors that you're picking up your lunch, right? Oh, in Florida? In Florida. Like we just, I would say also this senior year, which made it good though. Um, everybody had lunch together. Before that freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, we had A through D lunch. So A lunch, B lunch, C lunch, mm. D lunch. So you would probably go maneuver through, hey, I got to use the bathroom just to go to whatever the cool lunch was with most of the people mm. there. But the senior year, everybody had, my senior year, everybody had lunch at like 12, 1230. And you went home for the day. You just grab your bag lunch and you was out for the day. And also in between first and second period, our school decided to give everybody a 15 minute break. And during that 15 minute break, all types of stuff happened. Oh, people got beat up during those instances. People got arrested during those instances. Hey. People got tased by a school resource officer who was hey. also a head basketball coach during these instances. You hey. saw people dropped off of school. <laughs> you saw us ordering pizza at nine o'clock in the morning because Domino's knew we didn't have a cafeteria. So they was bringing food at all types of times of the hour. This is what people skip school at. Cause it's just like, we out for the day. I'm tired of this. Hey. So Wait, people are I'm your school East side high from lean on me. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I would say our, our basketball coach who was also the school resource officer. He was definitely like a Joe Clark. Like he used to come through school like, Oh, cause you know, tasers hasn't always been here for those of you, especially our young professionals, our young listeners, tasers have not always been a thing. It used to be a, a, a jack stiff or a, a baton for officers in their gun. So when tasers came out, I'm not gonna get my age, but sometime in the 2000s, he got it and he just said, I hope one of you, and he said some explicitives and he said, I wish y'all would act up today. I just got this taser and I'm ready to use it. Jeez. All they told me, if I deploy the taser, I just have to write a report. I can write a report all day on you. And he said some more words and he would say other stuff like, I'm 6'5", I weigh 380 pounds, my hands the size of watermelons. Just imagine what I would do to you. Good um, Lord. Oh, yeah, he was a big guy. He still is a big guy because I still see him around. Shout out to Coach Grant. Um, or he would <laughs> tell people, like, ask your mama and daddy what I used to do to them in high school. I beat them up. I beat you up like I used to beat them up. One of his nicknames is Big Nasty because that's just the way he treated people. At the time, I call it, he was just joking and he was our coach. But now, as I get older and I become more wiser, he was a bully. He was a, a big bully and there's no way around it. He would literally tell people, <laughs> like, you just look at kids, like kids. And I'm talking about, it's a grown man who was a police officer and no something that happened, somebody get beat up or something. You know, like, what you crying for? You soft as hospital, guy. That boy ain't even do nothing to you. He said, that was the softest punch I ever seen. And I'm just saying, like, what's going on right now? You need to get uh, him, E.B. You have connections. I want him on the pod. Oh, I can definitely <laughs> about to get him on there. he definitely still be on Facebook causing wow. problems. Shout out to Coach Grant. Don Grant, if you want to go look for him on Facebook. He'll probably be a mutual friend of mine. And one of the, oh, no. I would say the best Don't basketball coaches like that. Definitely influential in my life. And also taught me a lot of do's and don'ts in this world. And I say influential as a, not necessarily like that's my mentor, but influential of like, you influenced me not to be that way. <laughs> but I love my guy. I love him because I love all people. And outside of that, it was just, a, I would say overall, a solid high school experience. As I talked about, most of the popularity was because of my older siblings. But I think of my freshman year, my older brother and their basketball team, the varsity team, I played JV that year, they went 30 and one. And their one game that they lost was the state championship game. 
So that brought our school national attention. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the year after that, our girls team won the state championship. So you see those type of things. So people just, again, like I said, people gravitate to a school and you start to notice, oh, they play basketball. Oh, they play football. Or that seems like the quote unquote cool crowd or the popular kids. But it was a good good experience. High school had a lot of clicks, depending on what side of town you're from in Winter Haven, whether you was from Inwood or Buckeye or JPV or Florence or Little Haiti, just a whole bunch of different places. And mm-hmm. it was just... That caused a lot of commotion and fights and disagreements. And depending on what side you were on, it was real ugly for you. Shout out to the Thursday and Fridays when we had pep rallies, because typically when there's a pep rally, it would be a fight because everybody is rushing to the gym at the same time and everybody leaves the gym at the same time. Mm. So I can identify the person who I want or the person who was talking crazy on MySpace or the mm. person who was talking crazy at the rec dance or at the skating ring last weekend. So now I get to see you face to face. You can't hide in Miss So-and-So classroom. And last but not least, I'll just close out with this. Just because I don't know if she listened to it, but I know some of my former teachers do. So they might pass the message along to her. Miss Annette Perkins. I remember you told me that I was going to be just like my brothers and I was going to end up in jail. Well, guess what? I have graduated high school with a lovely honors and you were there and I smiled at you at graduation and say, ha ha, I graduated and you can't give me detention anymore. I also graduated, I got my AA and I got my bachelor's and I'm on my way to get my master's degree. So I think I did pretty well for myself and I'm still doing well for myself. You're doing excellent, UD. Okay. And I would say she did shoot me $500 after I graduated college though. So she's like, I don't like her, but I, but I like her, if that makes sense. I sent her, I sent her a nice little note of saying, hey, remember you said this way it happened? Well, guess what? Here you go. And she sent me a check for five hundred dollars, saying congratulations. I'm gonna send her another one though. See what she can do for this master. Listen, she sent that five hundred. I can't even be mad at that. I'm That's- mad at it because those words still play in my head as motivation to keep on being great. But she ate her words and put her money where put her money out there. Was like, you know what? I was wrong. That's true. She looked like Garfield too. <laughs> I'm gonna get a picture for y'all because y'all don't think I'm, y'all think I'm playing. Not after the 500 EP. <laughs> Still look like. And it. you wanted to get you after the after the master, and now you done caught out. Miss Sherrard, Miss Jordan, oh, Parker, Miss Catrett, because I know y'all be listening or y'all be texting me saying y'all listen. Y'all can let her listen to this too. That's no good. hard feelings for Miss Perkins. How about you, Sharika? Your high school experience. Oh my gosh. Okay, have that great of a recollection of high school. I went to three different high schools. First of all. Oh man, that's trash. My first high school, which was like your quintessential high school, I guess. I lived in Upper Marlboro, Maryland at the time, but it was a predominantly black school. My parents, I mean, we I would just consider us middle class, but we did have name brand things. Mainly in where I grew up, shoes was a thing. Like if you I mean, I might not have had the Jordans. I didn't really have that, but I had some new balances or Nikes or whatever. In ninth grade, I was in band. I was in marching band. I played the trumpet. We were like high step in marching band, not no walking. We had 90 degree knees. It was a thing. It was not planned. We had the knees up there. So I did that in ninth grade. I don't really think I did anything else. We had a little prayer group that used to meet in the mornings. I don't think I committed to that too much. My mom and dad, I won't say they were late for me every day, but I felt like it stood out when they were late. So maybe they weren't late often, but they were late on occasions. My mom was a school teacher as well. I went to second high school on my sophomore year because they opened up a brand new high school. And my parents gave me the choice. They said, do you want to go back to your old school? Do you want to go to the new school? I said, I'll go to the new school. So I went to the new school. Still was in marching band. I wasn't popular in any of the grades. I had friends, but I really didn't consider my school friends real friends. They were acquaintances. My real friends were at church because I was a church girl. I went to church. My friends was at church. My acquaintances were at school, which they were cool. I will say in that 10th grade, I bought this watch on QVC. It was a Powderpuff Girls green watch with the green girl. I can't even remember her name. I don't know where I got the money from, but I bought it out of my own money. But it was Blossom and sorry. I I don't know which one it was. And the one was that you, that is the one you don't. Anyway, I had this watch and she was semi-bully. I don't know if she was popular. She asked to use my watch. I never seen that watch again and I was pissed. But I I just let that go. I don't know why. Other than that, um, then my junior year, my parents moved to Georgia. So we had a so I went to a different school my junior and senior year. I went to private school. This was the first time that my brother and I went to school together because my brother and I had never been to school together. He was in a magnet school that took him from kindergarten to eighth grade. 
So we, this is our first time going to school. Of course, my brother was way popular than me, but he was on varsity basketball, you know, soft junior, soft, I mean, freshman and sophomore year. I did not go to band. I did band freshman and sophomore year. I did not do band in junior. Still wasn't popular. I didn't really get invited to no parties. I think they was out there doing all the things. I wasn't invited. And I really didn't care. I think I was on the yearbook. I will admit here that in my math class, I was doing terrible in school towards the end. My mom was like, are you even going to graduate? And I was like, I hope so. And then here's what I'll admit. So we were in math class. I wouldn't be doing the work. And someone had like the answer book. And we would just pass the answer book around and just do our, fill out our little homework, cheating. It was terrible. High school was all right. I'd never felt bullied or picked on or anything other than that girl that stole my watch. But besides that, I don't think I could have been bullied because I like to fight on the inside. I told you about the eighth grade fight and the fourth grade fight, but I never had a fight in high school. I would have fought somebody if they tried me. I really didn't have a lot of great and memorable experiences. Not, oh, I was on the soccer team junior and senior year. And I think out of the whole time, I made three goals. And that was the extent. I was a fullback because midfield, too much running. And I didn't have a coordination to be a scorer. So I was in the back trying to defend and support the goalie. And I had fun. I hated the running on the laps, but I liked being a part of a team and that was cool. One time my brother, like I said, was on the basketball team. And one time he was playing and somebody knocked him. Like, I guess they were jumping up or whatever. And anyway, he fell down and like was just laying there on the ground. And I literally was fitting to come out the stands and fight somebody for like knocking down my brother. My friends had to hold me back. I was on the verge of tears. I'm like, what's going on here? My brother's laid out on the ground and just not moving. And I'm like, uh-uh, I can't. And then my friends was like, calm down, calm down. I was like, no, he got my brother down. So we went to Myrtle Beach from somewhere down in Florida for spring break. And they was doing all the things. People were getting nipple piercings. People were getting tattoos. I was 17 when I graduated high school. So I couldn't really do things. And we had like chaperones. And this, like I said, is private school. And you know, they'd be the worst ones. They was out there drinking all the things. Mom, don't don't judge me. I think I got peer pressured into I think a shot or something. I don't know. I couldn't do any of the things. I didn't want to drink, but I think I took a shot. Probably. I don't know. Mom, I hope you're not listening to this. Anyway, besides that was probably the worst thing I did in high school. And then they went into some party or something. And I just remember staying in a truck waiting it out because I couldn't get in. I wasn't 18. So I wasn't really allowed to do many of the things. And we had the chaperones. Where were the chaperones? We were in other people's rooms. I didn't do any of the things though, but they were doing all the other things that goes on when young people are together unsupervised in hotels. It was terrible. All I did was possibly one shot and that was it. And I did go to the tattoo place when they were getting the tattoos and the piercings and I did not partake because I was I valued my life and my parents was not about that. And I didn't play, they didn't play no games and I wasn't playing no games either. I just came and watched as one of my good friends got her nipples pierced and then her boyfriend got his nipples pierced and another guy got his nipples pierced and that was all the things. So So basically and the moral to the story is people don't go to the private school that Sharika went to <laughs> because you will leave with all type of piercings and all types of places and you will be doing all the things that you shouldn't be doing At as all. a person who's underage. And Christian! And Dave Ramsey says private school is not worth the money. So that pretty much was my high school experience. I have one more question. If you could go back in time, is there something you would change about your high school experience? I know sometimes people are like, oh, I, you live and you learn and there's no reason to change anything. It was what made you all that good stuff. But I would say it would be two things that I would definitely change about my high school experience. One of them, I'm not going to elaborate on it because y'all going, just knowing people that be listening, y'all going to judge me. But in short, <laughs> I would have drove a different route on my way, my senior prom, because I got pulled over and I stayed there from 730 mm. to 1155, literally. Like mm. the police made sure, like he saw me and the boys dressed up and we literally got pulled over around seven. I'm saying 730, but it probably was 7, 730 because our prom was like an hour away in Orlando. Remember, I went mm. to Warner Haven. So all of it, like you just a group of high school kids in Orlando for the weekend. So from 7.30 to 11.55, because he was like, what time is your prom? I said, 8 to 12. And he literally just played around with us, so to speak, as kids. Wow. And allowed us to call our parents. Yeah, it was just a lot. And it was four of us, all four black males in a lovely country. Shout out to the Lake Alfred police. Y'all's trash. Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure y'all still trash to this day. 
which I'll definitely clash for that. That would definitely be one thing that I would change because we weren't doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And then after excessively asking for a ticket so we can go on our way, he refused. Like he literally just, just was just like sat in just his car. Just detained y'all. Yeah, he detained us, like had us cuffed. We sitting on his car and I would change that just because you saw some of our peers knew that we got pulled over, but didn't know what was going on. And just like, we went to the after party and everything, but it was just like, oh, he beat him, got pulled over. We saw them on the, on the side of the road. So like, and that was like the image of some of our fellow mm. high school seniors. And then the other thing I would change only because I didn't know too much about it until literally graduation day, but it would be to do dual enrollment, to watch some of my mm. friends who I graduated with. Like we, like we see them at graduation, we're like you still go to our school? Like, what's up? And like, yeah, I was going to Pope Community College. Like, I'm graduating with my high school diploma and my AA. And I'm just like, no beef to them. But I'm like, I know I'm smart enough to do that. Like, because I know you're not smarter than me. And it's not like a judgment or mm-hmm. egotistical thing. It's just, I know my work ethic when it comes to grinding and to staying focused. So it's just like, I could have graduated high school with an AA. So that would be definitely two things that I would change. And it's probably more, but I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I just thought of something when you were talking about prom, which that experience for you really sucked. I can't even imagine. Ah, see, this is why America needs to get its life together because people just don't be understanding the stuff that other people be having to experience. And I have another confession on this podcast. I've been confessed more than I needed to, but I'm about to confess something else. So I pray this person does not listen or anybody that knows this person. I won't even say their name. So hopefully- I was just about to say, don't say their name. Don't say their name. (laughs) But if the person- or listens or anyone in their family, they would know. So I went to prom junior, senior year. This is the trash part. They don't do dance in there as if dancing was the worst thing we had to worry about there. Anyway, there was no dancing. I went with friends both times. I went with a good friend, the junior year, senior one with a guy. He was a friend too, but I really didn't want to go with him. But I didn't have anyone to go with. And everybody was like, just ask him, just ask him. I was like, fine, I'll ask him. So senior year, I wanted to have a dress made. And there was this lady at my church who made dresses. So she was like, oh, I would love to make your prom dress. So she made this dress. We went and did fittings back and forth, all this stuff. So it's like probably maybe the week or so before prom. So she gives me the dress and the dress is not, no bueno. No bueno. The dress is terrible. I knew it was terrible when my mom was like, oh no, you can't. Because my mom would, it was nice. My mom would have been like, girl, you wearing that dress. My mom was like, Mm-mm, we can't do this. So the day of my prom, my mom picks me up early from school and we go and buy another dress, which that was also trash too. It's like, who wants a last minute dress at prom? I wish I could have got something better than the last minute dress that I ended up getting. It was fine, but it was an old... That dress was, I was going to say it was an old lady dress. It was okay, but to the point when I just didn't even want to wear it anymore, my mom ended up wearing that dress. So that tells you how exciting the last minute prom dress was. Anyway, so we get this last minute dress I go. Like after that for weeks at church, every time this lady saw me, I was like, I want to see the pictures. I want to see the dress. I want to see. And girl, there was no pictures. There was no dress. We should have been smart enough to take some pictures at home in the dress. I never did it. Never, and we just kept dodging that lady every Sunday. Me and my mom were dodging her because we I never wore the dress. I never wore the dress. Trash. And I felt so bad. I know. I know, I know. But the dress was not, it was not good. I it was not good. And it might not have been her fault. I don't know who fuck could have been. It just didn't work. Maybe the style I wanted just didn't flatter me. I don't know what the deal was. But to that lady, I want to say, I'm so sorry, but I never wore that dress. And I'm sorry we dodged you. So hopefully she never finds out. And if she does, how many years later? <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I just couldn't do it. I just feel bad. Anyway, so that's my, my mom's going to kill me for that. <laughs> Your mom is finding out all kinds of things. Shout out to Mama Gay. Oh my gosh. I know. So I wish I would have went to, like, I like the private school I went to and the little friends and stuff I had there, but I wish I could have graduated from like one of the one like the second high school I went to just because Georgia shout out to all my people from Georgia but listen I grew up in Maryland like I said Upper Marlboro I did not know racism still existed till I went to Georgia and I went to that high school I personally didn't really receive any traumatic experience from that but I will say I wish I would have 
you know, been able to like graduate with, I don't know, people that got it, I guess. And I, it's not that I felt uncomfortable there. I had really good friends there and it was really cool, but it was just like the culture was a lot different than what I was used to growing up and wish I had a more, this is going to sound terrible. I was going to say more secular high school experience not that I wanted to be out there doing the things I really only in terms of like the prom and stuff and like who wants to just it was just a dinner the prom was not a prom it was just literally a dinner where we sat at a table and had dinner there was no dancing there was no fun stuff so I wish I would have had that kind of experience I'm sure the cool kids had a little after party I know somebody was at inviting me out of bowling I was like I don't want to I don't want to come to prom with this guy I'm definitely not going anywhere else with him and he was nice I just I was like this ain't nothing to be excited about take me home and so essentially it's how I felt about that whole experience it wasn't terrible but it wasn't nothing I want to repeat again similar to E. B, I wish I had taken more advantage of all the resources and educational opportunities that exist for high school students. Even back then, like now, my youngest brother went to a school where you're in high school for five years, but when you graduate, you have your AA. We didn't have that, but we had dual enrollment. And instead of that, I did AP classes, which, you know, with AP, you take the test. And if you get a, I think it's like a one or whatever, it's like one to five, you get a, then you get a certain amount of college credits, but dual enrollment period, it's just like a class. And if you pass, you, I think you needed an ARB to get the college credit. And I absolutely could have done that. And I had friends who did that, but I just wasn't on it. So I wish I had taken more advantage of things like that. Even when it comes to applying to college senior year, I was just not focused on the right things. Like academically, I never struggled. But as far as applying, I applied to one school, Asbury University, because in my church, that's just what they were on. And I was on the church girl stuff. And they were like, this is the best school for the career that you want when you grow up, you need to go here. So I applied there, I got in. And then that was just what I was going to do. I didn't visit any college tour or anything like that. And my mom, she went to an HBCU, shout out to Shaw University. And I just wish I had explored all the options. And I was kind of snooty. Like I was like, I'm not going to college in North Carolina. And North Carolina has amazing colleges. And guess what? I was humbled real quick because when I went to Kentucky, I ran it right back two years later. And I was more than happy to go to the school that I didn't even want to apply to senior year because I was like, ECU, ew, that's a party school. I literally remember telling my friends I worked too hard to go to ECU. And where did I graduate from? And where did I have the time of my life? ECU. <laughs> so I really wish I had just done more of that. If my family had had the means, I remember begging and begging my mom to send me to a boarding school in Raleigh, North Carolina. Because wow. I had a classmate whose sister left our high school and went there. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I could just live in a city, like I had small town thinking, and I don't blame my small town. It was just me. And I was just thinking, you know, this is this town, like I'm never going to reach my full potential in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. I need to go to a school that has more. I need to be able to do more, have more options available to me. I said that, but then senior year, I didn't even apply to schools until second semester. You know, So it's like, can I really blame Rocky Mountain when I was just on some other stuff? There's so many scholarships I could have applied for, et cetera, et cetera. And I just wasn't on it. So like EB, I wish I could have either gone to boarding school or St. Mary's particularly because they had an excellent program or just have been, had the 32 year old brain I have now. Dang. <laughs> Which I'm the only one that didn't care about school. I should have gone back and did back in school. I told y'all I almost didn't make it. And but I should have went back and like you're fine. You have a job. You can provide for yourself and your family. And I think that's something else just in general. I wish high schools would change because my school was definitely on y'all going to college. So do it, whatever, all y'all going to college and just in my adulthood and meeting my husband, learning about all of the opportunities through trade mm -hmm. and the other type of options. And they're not anything to snub your nose at. Like these people are making six figures and okay. doing great being linemen. Like I never knew what a lineman was or some of these other well options. Done. I just, <laughs> they're the people <laughs> who make sure we have electricity and, and mm. they're really like heroes of the community doing a hurt campaign yeah. when yeah. all the other jobs, they're out there on the polls and they get paid really well to do it. So I wish I had heard more about that. Education can come in many 
different forms and ways. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a four-year university. That's true. I would say that if I could change anything, it would be my college experience. And one day we got to come back and talk about the college experience because that is really where I would go back and do a lot of changing around. Same. After talking to Dr. Dixon, I'm like, how, how come I didn't get, go to an HBCU? I didn't even think to apply. I would have loved to gone to an HBCU. I wanted to do all the things and the education was once again at the bottom of that list of all the things I wanted to do. Let's get right into it with back in the day. Recently, much of our country found themselves reacting to a story about President Trump's income taxes. But believe it or not, federal income tax is a relatively new idea in the U.S. Losing a lot of money is actually a way to avoid paying taxes. The tax code rewards losses which then can become gifts that keep on giving for years. So today I'm going to share NPR's exploration of the history of this practice and how it evolved. Back in the 1890s, there were federal tariffs on imported goods. There were also taxes on things like alcohol, but no income tax. And these tariffs and taxes on alcohol and food and clothes meant that poor people were spending a greater percentage of their income on taxes than rich people. You know, things don't change, right? (laughs) But that was before the 1890s when workers were really angry that so many rich people were escaping more or less tax-free. Around that time, workers started pushing for an income tax just on very rich Americans. And in 1913, they got one through a constitutional amendment. And of course, almost immediately, like on day two of this, rich people started looking for ways to avoid paying some of it. And this is when the deductions and exemptions start creeping in, gradually growing over time, to the point that today, all over the tax code, income tax or other kind of taxes, there are all kinds of weird and small provisions that apply to the tiniest subset of people. Like, for example, in 2008, Congress worked in a tax deal for the makers of toy wooden arrows relative to other kinds of arrows. This specific provision stated that toy arrows of a certain size intended only for play made out of wood, then the tax is lower. This applied to like five or six different companies basically on the planet. That being said, there have been a few times when Congress tried to simplify the tax code, getting rid of a bunch of deductions and exemptions. But each time this happens for a brief moment, partly, and then they start growing again as different groups lobby successfully for special provisions for their particular circumstances. Bringing us to this one provision of the tax code that the New York Times called the background music to President Trump's life is a provision that lets you carry forward leftover losses. Now, this was there since 1918, and it works like this. Let's say you're a business and you make a ton of money and profit this year. Well, you're going to have to pay taxes on all that profit. You don't want to do it because you're going to have to pay a huge chunk of taxes on all of that. So you can point to last year. You can say last year I had these big losses. I didn't make a profit last year. So I should pay less taxes on all of this year's profit because of my previous losses. And originally, back in 1918, if you lost money one year, you could use that loss to reduce your taxes for the next year, but only for that one year. This was meant to help struggling businesses, as you kind of don't want your tax system to bankrupt a viable business just because it had one bad year. But then later, Congress said, well, now you can carry forward losses for two years. Then they said, you know what, you can carry forward losses for 15 years. So, right. So depending on, you know, how clever you are about your investments and how you go about booking what counts as a loss, there's a lot of room to kind of game it with creative accounting. Plus, in 2017, about 100 years after the start of carrying forward your losses, President Trump signed into law the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which, among many provisions, allows businesses, businesses just like the president's, to carry losses for not one or two or 15 years, but what? Forever. Forever, ever, forever. Forever. Forever, ever. Listen, listen, some points you got to let it go. That means you can always be creative and not really pay on your income because you can say, well, 
20 years ago, I lost this much money. I know a lot of us have dog President Trump because we're like, oh, well, he's bankrupt and he's this and that. But maybe it's his little smart way of doing that so he doesn't really have to account for his profits. It's interesting because not only him, him and Calvin Sutton, I know we're talking about him right now, but they have found a way to continue to what I would consider just to be greedy, right? How do I impose a set of rules or systems that those who are less fortunate, and I say less fortunate, like people like me, who are unable to even figure that out. And for those of you who are listening, if you have figured it out, I would love to know this process because some of the stuff that my taxes go to doesn't seem to necessarily benefit me. The local parks in my community, I never go to them. Not saying I I don't care for them. I'm just saying I don't visit it and I'm paying for it. I remember listening to a person that said, it would be great if we all pay taxes and that's cool, but we decided where our money went. Like if I wanted all my taxes to go to the local school in my neighborhood, I would prefer that than some of the stuff that don't necessarily help me day in and day out. But with Trump and with others, I think it's just a sense of greed and they have to figure out their own set of rules when it comes to morality and the way that they want other people to do certain things that they don't do. It's just mind boggling to me. I second that part. Like, I'm not going to say I don't care that my taxes go to things that I'm not totally involved in. I want the betterment of my community. I don't go to the parks either, but I'm okay with the parks being up cap, you know, for the little kids and all the things. But what I don't appreciate is someone who's supposed to be, you want everybody else to pay their taxes. You want everybody else to uphold the standards and the rules and regulations and you don't want to yourself and the people who can actually afford to do these things y'all can afford to do the right thing and y'all be like oh but like you said i'd rather be greedy and look out for myself and myself alone and then got the nerves to act like you really care about people no just you could be doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do you made that money now it's time to pay the taxes on that money that's just what it is like the rest of us they ain't got no option. We got to do what we got to do. And we got a lot less money to do it with. And you out here with no cares and concerns financially. And yet you out here being the one that got to be stingy and greedy. And it's sad. It sucks because it was meant to protect businesses. And I love the yeah. idea of it. And I don't think they should get rid of that particular code. But as you heard, even with the toy arrows thing, these companies lobby and get really specific mm-hmm. things passed that benefit just them. But if they could go back on the forever. I don't think it should be forever. Yeah. I liked it being even I would meet them in the middle and say for five years, because it can take a little bit more time if you have a really like think about the pandemic and how many businesses lost. Like Mm -hmm. it might take them more than a year or two to get back on their feet, but forever. And I was going to say that not that I'm trying to be harsh and I don't have a business been a businessman woman. But, okay, I think you definitely need to do your due diligence beforehand. You go into business. Definitely, okay, five years of struggling. But then after that, if the business ain't working, maybe it's just time to pack that business up and get a job somewhere else or do something else. Or maybe revisit the business when you got it better together. We can't just continue to let you skate on the hopes and dreams of this business that's just not working out for you. And I and I, I know it may take more than five years, but maybe that means more planning on the other end. So I do have something to expound on today. Think about it, guys. You have just went to maybe your favorite theme park and you just got off of your favorite ride. All right, when you get off, you usually enter a space, a space that you didn't necessarily care to enter, simply because you didn't have any intentions on buying anything. You just wanted to ride the ride and go to ride another ride. But people have found a way to make sure that their gift shop is placed in prominent places where you spend your hard-earned money. That money gets spent, and then you still got to pay taxes. But today, we're going to talk about a unique place that has a gift shop. I actually never even thought about this place having a gift shop, so I'm going to expound on a little bit about the history. The White House gift shop was established on September 9th, 1946 as the White House Flower and Police Fund. On November the 1st, 1950, White House police officer Leslie W. Coffett was killed while defending President Truman from an assassination attempt at Blair House. Following the death and the heroic actions of Officer Caulfield, the mission of the gift shop expanded by permanent memorandum of President Harry S. Truman with operational oversight by the Chief of Secret Service, James J. Raleigh, 
U.S. Army General Harry Vaughn, aide to President Truman, and the Inspector of Secret Service. The operational responsibility for the White House gift shop was given to the members of the White House Police, now the Uniform Division of Secret Service. The original White House Flower Fund became the White House Security Fund, which soon thereafter became the only original, official, and president-ordered White House gift shop in the White House history. Back then, the White House gift shop was tucked away in the basement of the White House, solely operated by the Secret Service Uniform Division officers, and later relocated to an area known as the Old War Department. Now, maybe as you're listening to this, you're like, why do we care about the White House gift shop? Why would you expound on such a thing? Well, if you've been paying attention to the news the past week or week and a half, you would know that the current occupant of the Oval Office and the First Lady, they got COVID. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> they got COVID. They got got by the C-19. And one day he decided to tweet, I will be leaving the great Walter Reed Medical Center today at 6.30 p.m. Feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration. I don't know who else administration you would develop it under because you're the current <laughs> president. Some really great drugs wow. and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. Well, Mr. President, I don't know if you're going to listen to this podcast. I can tell you, if you do feel better than you did 20 years ago, great for you because your dig show don't look it. Anyway, <laughs> no beef to the president, though. And so with that said, the White House gift shop did what a lot of businesses would try to do during this pandemic time, capitalize on others. They have decided that you, Sharika, not me, listeners at home, you can pre-order $100 Trump defeats COVID commemorative coin at the White House gift shop. I don't know about you, but during these hard times, there's no way I'm spending $100 on a coin that I can't purchase anything with. Then they had the decision to make, as far as the person who designed it, said that they know that our current president, he loves boxing. So it just worked out perfect that he defeated COVID and he loves to battle and he's ready to go to war for the American people. So not only did I want to expound on the White House gift shop that I didn't even know existed, but I also wanted to expound on why during these rough, harsh, tough economic times that this is what people are deciding to do with their business. I think that the gift shop could have found something else to do, but they decided to create a $100 coin that you can pre-order about Trump defeating COVID. God bless him and the first lady as they continue to lead this country of ours. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. I'll just leave it at that. We don't even know if he's defeated it, though, because doesn't he still have it? And I heard COVID will run itself right back. You'll be feeling good one day and down the next. So I'm just interested. Yeah, here with no masks on, waving at people. So frustrating. I love when people learn a lesson and they get their just desserts. Now, it has been debunked that he called COVID a hoax. He didn't call the actual virus a hoax. He has still been very irresponsible with his handling Mm -hmm. of this virus very irresponsible and it was handled poorly so i was like you know what you need you need to catch it your so like we already talked about this some people have to get burned themselves they have to touch the stove so for me this is that moment you're touching the stove unfortunately i feel his hand hasn't been left on the hot plate long enough if he only had it and he only had the sniffles then covid i need you to run it right back and you <laughs> feel what so many people around the world, by the way, this is not something that just came and is going to disappear after the election. It's not some random, the whole world is not conspiring against Trump. I know you don't wish ill on people and as Christians, you know, it's not the thing that we do, but I don't mind somebody learning a lesson the hard way. So I pray that it runs it right back. And he really has the cough, the deep cough that hurts. His COVID experience ain't the experience that everyone else is having to suffer and die from. You think people are just like, oh, you know what? I know COVID ain't that bad, but let me just go ahead and die. Come on, sir. You get a cocktail of drugs and an IV and all the things. Everybody didn't get that blessing and that privilege to be able to have the highest of cares. So don't come out here talking about, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Because, sir, you didn't just have to experience the COVID like everybody else had to experience the COVID. If you got it, 
for real or not. Obviously, in a serious and the fact that you're acting as though like it's just another day in the neighborhood. I'm sorry, Evie. I got to be with Sabrina. Run it back, COVID. Run it back. Because obviously, he didn't appreciate this first go around when it was not that bad. Well, you know what? You can keep your it ain't that bad. Because a lot of people, it has been that bad and heartbreaking and terrible. So, and the, and the gall to be like, oh, Trump beat COVID. Let's put it on a coin. I wish we could take a bag of those coins and throw them at him. <laughs> That's what? I'm not buying a $100 coin. If I had those coins, I would stand on the tallest building and drop one. <laughs> now, I ain't saying all that now. I ain't saying all that. Man. That could take a person's life, Sharika. Did you know that? That's why I said no, don't. Please offend. Please offend. <laughs> secret service. I just want to say U.S. Secret Service. Yes. Those words are not a reflection <laughs> of the kickback. Nope. It's three hosts. Nope. Those are solely yes. of whomever. I don't know what the voice was. I'm going to claim temporary insanity and whatever Trump got to say to get away with the things he said, I claim whatever that is. All right, Shrika, what are you re- what are you recommending today besides huh. drop points? <laughs> I gotta get my blood pressure down. This man got me hot in here. Okay. I would like to recommend something that I need for myself. So I haven't done this yet. So we're gonna do this together, listeners. A personal retreat. Do your mind, body, and soul some good and Garden of Eden it for a day. I know you guys talked about how you're not really on the parks, but the parks are great and they're not just for kids. Go in nature, leave your phone and social media behind and just love on you. Now, some of you may not think of yourselves as a leader, but I think every person on this earth is a leader in some way. If nothing else, you are leading yourself through life. And we talk so much about loving others and sharing love and all that. And that's fine and dandy, but it really has to start with the person in the mirror. I challenge you to ask yourself these 10 questions. They will be in the show notes. They're from Outreach magazine. Where is my single greatest strength? What do I do best? What are three decisions that are causing me the greatest stress? What is overwhelming me? What is an impassable roadblock that has struck me? If I could only do three things before I die, what would I want to do? Listen, tomorrow's not promise. So get them done. What should I resign from or drop out of? Efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. Remember that? Peter Drucker's quote. What can I postpone? What things on my to-do list can someone else do at least 80% as well? What are the elephants in my schedule? If you're Noah and your art is about to sink, look for the elephants first, okay? (laughs) And last but not least, what are three things I could do in the next 90 days to make a 50% difference? You guys get out there. It's a very stressful time. This whole living during a pandemic, like I am so affected by all the trips that were canceled and all the meetings and uh, just being with people. I'm an introvert, but it's really starting to impact me now. It took this long. So y'all might listen to the COVID episode when I was like, I'm great. Now I'm just kind of getting like, it's never going to end. And then on top of that, we have everything that's happening with the protests, right? We have the social injustices. And then on top of that, It's an election season, which no matter who's running, it can be a very stressful time. So take some time without all that and check in with yourself. I also want to share a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. They describe it as this. We tweet, we like, and we share. But what are the consequences of our growing dependence on social media? This documentary drama hybrid reveals how social media is reprogramming civilization with text experts sounding the alarm on their own creations. Now, I will admit that I have not seen this yet, but I was listening to a podcast before we hopped on today and they were talking about it. And it's kind of connected to this idea of technology running our lives and influencing us. So it's kind of like I can talk about things on the podcast with Evie and Sharika. I can talk about red pencils and then I'll see an ad for it on my Facebook. And I'm like, that is weird. I did not Google this. They are listening. Mm-hmm. They are listening. So get off your phones, go in nature <laughs> uh, and let them not listen for a while. And you just listen to yourself. Sharika, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. So there's two things that I wanted to recommend today. One's a fun little thing. It's an app. It is called Sound 
pound. And who have you been in a restaurant or been at the store? And you're like, what is this song? I love this song. And there's also other ones like Shazam. So basically you want to hear a song, you hold the button down and it will tell you who sings this song. It even comes up with the lyrics of the song. So I love that app because I love music. And there'll be times I'll be like, I love the song. What is the song? And you may not be in a place where you're near a radio or something where it's playing. It might be in a store and you want to hear what it is. So download SoundHound. Also, the other thing I want to recommend, a few weeks ago, I recommended or whatever it was. I don't even remember. It's COVID. So I recommended the Bible app. Another thing I wanted to recommend, something you could do when you have your devotional time. I want to recommend prayer journaling. I have recently got back into prayer journaling because with with us being on technology so much, like Sabrina says, it's sometimes hard for me to sit down and pray. And so one of the ways I've been able to really focus in my time of devotion is with God is by journaling. So pull those journals back out, get that pen out and put it to the paper and really spend some time with the Lord. It has really been blessing to me the past few weeks of me getting back into prayer journaling. I used to do it a long time ago when I was younger, but I just, you know, got off of it for a while, but it has really been a blessing to be able to focus back in. So I recommend prayer journaling if you haven't done it in a while or have never done it at all. Write your prayers to the Lord. He hears you. All right. This week, I'm recommending a Netflix slash YouTube because, and I'm saying slash YouTube because it's on YouTube as well. For those of you who may not have Netflix, like a, a, a short clip by Hassan Minaj, where the title is, Why is Doing Taxes So Hard? Since we talked about a little bit about taxes today, he exposes an industry that's built around making tax prep a little more complicated and expensive. While millions of Americans can actually file their taxes for free, tax prep companies like H&R Block and TurboTax use tactics to deceive and make filing more costly for individuals, which continues to talk about the greed that we have in this lovely country. And I assure you, if you watch this one, I think you will naturally just go down the rabbit trail of so many other episodes that talks about just interesting topics of whether it be our our government or student loans or policies that affect each and every one of us, which we talked about policies the last few weeks. So just some incisive and nuanced perspectives to global or worldview and also national level and politics and culture. And he does it in a unique way that I think will be of interest to you as a listener. And as a disclaimer, everything he says does not mean that myself or Sharika or Sabrina agrees with it. We are just recommending to you. There may be some words that you don't hear frequently that is used by this comedian. But most of you who are listening, you're all adults. It's not like you never heard it before. So that's what I'm recommending this week. Well, all I want to say is good to have the gang back together again. Of course, people, thanks for listening to the kickback. And if you're down with the squad, make sure you share it with your people and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hit us up on our social media platform for maybe topic suggestions. Maybe you got some comments to what we've shared. Maybe you got some questions that you want us to dig deeper in. And as always, if life tries to knock you down, just make sure you kick back.